Welcome to the Gospel for Life. We have four Treasure Valley pastors committed to showing that the gospel is not just for that religious part of your life, but rather it's for all of life. You never graduate from the gospel. I'm Josh Bales, pastor of the Well Church, here with Russell Herman, pastor at Cloverdale United Reformed Church, Phil Moran, pastor at Christ Presbyterian Church, and Jonathan Van Hoogen, pastor at Spring United Reformed Church. Now, if you'd like to find out more about us or catch past broadcasts or get information about our annual conference, you can find us at ReformationVoice.com. All right, welcome back to the show today. We actually have all four pastors in the studio. It is a Chris, it's Christmas in June. <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah, we I, I've, I've been away for a while, uh, so I, I have missed you guys, and it's good to be back. Well, we appreciate that you're back, and we only talked about you in good ways while you're oh, gone, I, mostly. I am, I am sure. I am sure. <laughs> well, um, we are going to spend the next few days talking about um, what I think is the the biggest threat to the church um, today in 2021. There's always, you know, the biggest threat to the church in, in, in every generation, right? You go back to the early church, and Arianism was a, a massive threat to the church. You go back just a decade ago, and... The emergent church was a, a massive threat to the church, and today, I think one of the, the biggest threats to the church is what's called critical theory, um, and that's you know applied to race, it's applied to sexuality, it's applied to gender. Uh, critical theory is the the umbrella term, and then you know your particular is is whatever, right? So um, maybe we can frame the discussion this morning by talking about how. I actually want to make a comparison. So oftentimes when we're talking to our, our Mormon friends, um, trying to, to win them over to the gospel, the difficulty is that we have a lot of the same terms, don't we? Uh, we have the terms of sin and grace and Jesus Christ. And what's the problem with using those terms? Well, it's, we're using the same terms, but we have a different dictionary. That's right. Different definitions of terms. That's right, and uh, that's that we're gonna. I think we're gonna see. I hope, hopefully, we can show uh, that's part of the problem. Why people talk past one another when critical theory comes up? Because you'll hear terms like justice and equality and equity, and you begin to think, well, what could be wrong with that? Yeah. Uh, we all believe in justice. We all believe in equality. Hopefully, we can uh, we can unpack uh, some of this that in a way that'll be helpful for the listeners. When I used to be a teacher and I was teaching American government, one of the things, and I think I've mentioned this on air before, is that I would every every unit that I taught, I would begin by defining terms, um, because what you'll find, especially in the political world, is people are using the same terms but using them differently. Right, and so I wanted my young people to know. Well, these this is how I'm using the terms in this room, so that we can have meaningful conversation. That when I'm talking about something, they don't have to wonder. I wonder if he means this by that, or if he means this other thing. And I think, just in this whole realm, you're going to find that the terminology is so similar. So we're all going to talk about social justice, or justice, or liberty, or freedom, or you know, whatever words, general, big, big umbrella words you want, and then what you when you get down into the weeds, you say, "Oh, 
they're actually not seeing the same thing at all. Um, they're radically different. So hopefully we'll navigate those waters well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, that's a good distinction. And so, and it, we need to keep in mind, you know, for instance, the cults will use the same words that Christianity does and have different meanings. Uh, you know, you go into the political spectrum and the word infrastructure is going to mean a whole different categories whether you're a liberal democrat or a conservative republican they have different meanings the words are used interchangeably but uh, you need to unpack what what the other one is saying now one of the you know this is a very introductory show so hopefully you'll keep on tuning in all three of you who are listening right now but um we that's the, that's the rest of us in the room there's four that's right, that's right. we're listening to you josh um Cool, thank you. Um, so back in the 1920s, um, a man named J. Grisham Machen wrote a book called Christianity and Liberalism. And the, the heresy of his day was essentially, you know, liberalism, it was an anti-supernatural type of um, Christianity. It was very focused on, um, you know, social justice, so to speak. And what- Very, ma- very quickly, Machen was dealing with liberalism in the church. He wasn't dealing with the political spectrum. Right. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times we hear liberalism when we think political spectrum. Yes. Machen Liber- was not. Right. Liberalism in the church. Yes. And what he he went on to, his, his thesis was this, is that this liberalism in the church is a different religion. It's not just a, a form of Christianity. It's That's why he called it Christianity and liberalism. And Likewise, today, it's it's not just that critical theory has infected the, the political sphere, it's also infected the church. Um, mm-hmm. Perhaps you've been driving around town and you see on a church's marquee, uh, Black Lives Matter. That is a sign of critical theory being adopted by that particular church's leadership. And that's the problem because, again, who, who's going to disagree with that slogan, Black Lives Matter? Of course. But it's what's underneath the hood that matters, right? So let's let's start by defining our terms. What would what would critical theory mean? What what does that mean? Well, I, I can perhaps give a start of a of a definition, but I'll need you guys to to jump in and help out. Critical theory has been around a long time. It grew out of Marxist philosophy. When when Marx uh, wrote back in the nineteenth century, um, Marx was applying his philosophy of of communism to economic class and that all injustice in society could be explained by one class oppressing another class of people. And that was the source of all evil in society, all all oppression, all injustice. Uh, What critical theory has done as it developed through the 20th century and now really has kind of blossomed into full ugly flower in the 21st century, is applied Marxist philosophy to a number of just about every other area of life, to sexuality, to race, and that everything is about power, and that all the evils of society for instance, racial injustice can be explained by one group holding power over another group. And uh, that, is, that explains all racial disparities because one group is being oppressed by another group. I'm actually going to read a definition of critical race theory written by those that 
actually advocated for it and founded it um, or helped found it. So we allowed them. Is those, that the UCLA yeah. quote? Yes, it is. Okay. I'm going to allow them to define their own movement. Yeah. So this is critical race theory, but if you just take out the word race and insert other ideology or other markers in its place, whether that's gender, whether that's I, uh, your, your identity, it could fit anything. But this is specifically talking about race. So this critical race theory recognizes that racism is ingrained in the fabric and system of the American society. The individual racist need not exist to note that institutional racism is pervasive in the dominant culture. This is the analytical lens that critical race theory uses in examining existing power structures. So this is going back to what um, Phil was talking about, that it's about power, about who is the, the oppressed, who's the oppressor. Critical race theory identifies these power structures are based on white privilege and white supremacy, which perpetuates the marginalization of people of color. Critical race theory also rejects the traditions of liberalism and meritocracy. So you, you get things because of merit. Mm -hmm. Legal discourse says that the law is neutral and colorblind. However, critical race theory challenges this legal quote-unquote truth by examining liberalism and meritocracy as a vehicle for self-interest, power, and privilege. I think one of the key words in that definition is the word lens. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, this is a totalizing uh, worldview, uh, or you could say it's, a, it's another religion. It's the way that you look at the world. It's not just, you know, Phil, you're a you're in a denomination and I'm an independent church, you know, and, and so there's a little bit of, there's some differences between our two churches, but we have a same worldview. We're using the same lens. This, this is not, a, you know, the, the difference between critical theory and um, <laughs> reality is that you're looking through a different lens altogether. You're, you're defining sin differently. You mentioned it. You know, how did Marx define sin? He defined sin by the oppression of one class over another. That's Genesis 3 work. When we go to our Bibles, Genesis 3, God tells us what's wrong with the world. Marx is adopting a different definition. He's saying, well, this is really what's wrong with the world. Not yeah. sin against God, a holy God, yeah. but oppression against the other class. And, and by the way, there was a 20th century uh, Christian theologian philosopher named Nicholas Berjayev who said that, and he wasn't the only one to say this, but I think he was the first to say that Marxism is a Christian heresy. Uh, Marxism takes the Christian view of the coming kingdom when the reign of Christ is complete and when the reign of Christ is all in all. Marxism took that idea and said, we can get there ourselves. Yeah. Uh, Berjayev says, Marxism is the kingdom without the king. But it has a totally different view of sin. Uh, it has a totally different view of of how we get to to the kingdom. Uh, although it wouldn't it, it would it wouldn't use probably wouldn't use the the term sin and 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 kingdom. But it does have it does envision a utopia where we will arrive if they were able to institute their program throughout society. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But I think that's the argument of Paul in Romans one. That yes. any alternate view 
lens is really just a distortion of the truth. Yes. That all of us, Romans 2, have within us a conscience informed by God. And what we do is we suppress the truth in unrighteousness. Mm -hmm. And part of our humanness being made in the image of God is we know who God is. And then what in our brokenness and our sinfulness, we distort that and add to it, but keep some of the remnants and the relics of Christianity in it um, because that's our bent. And And so they, yeah. Go ahead, well, Phil. I was just going to say, by the way, nobody in this studio, there's four pastors in this studio right now, none of us would say that racism is not a sin. None of us would say that racism isn't very real and a very real problem in our society. Mm-hmm. The question is, what's the solution? Amen. And, and critical theory is not. That's yeah. right. uh, it's a, it's a, a humanistic effort that, that only compounds the problem. Yeah, and only brings more human ruin. Well, um, maybe just one book suggestion if you want to start uh, reading on this issue. Vody Bakum has a book called Fault Lines. just came out a couple months ago. You can find it pretty much anywhere. Fault Lines by Vody Bakum. And we will continue this discussion tomorrow. 